Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is November 26th. This is podcast number 24. Uh, we're cruising right along here. We haven't missed a Sunday since uh, the regular season started, or even before, I guess. So. Even before. We started in August, I think, to pick it up again. Yeah, and I was uh, I was in Fredericton last weekend, so Jason and Justin joined me for the podcast there. I thought it was very good. I was a li- faithful listener. And were I you? you did great. You listened to it. I sure did. Did you watch it too? Um, pieces of it. I fast forwarded through little bits of it, but yeah. mostly I, you know, podcast for me is uh, in the ear. Yeah. So, um, the, you, the visual is kind of boring. Did you see Gary Bettman in the background? I did. That yeah. little doll thing. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. It yeah, was, it was. Yeah. Um, first I th- thought we'd, uh, discuss something not hockey related, but it's also kind of hockey related because it has to do with the hats that we're wearing. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to say her name because I don't think she wants us to say her name, but we are wearing, wearing two very special hats and uh maybe you could explain what they are and what they mean sure uh one of our viewers who sent these two hats to us didn't want to be identified which is uh obviously very sensible but she used to serve in the united states navy and she served on both of these ships and neil is wearing a cap from the uss peleliu which was a small carrier didn't have uh, fixed wing aircraft but had some helicopters and was an assault uh, ship that Mm. would do uh, invasions and things and support of uh, coastal disasters and whatnot. And it served until, I think, 2015 uh, in the Navy. It started around 1980. And it's no longer in service, although it's still there. Uh, they where, have a, Where is there? There is right now it's in Pearl Harbor. Oh, really? Yeah, it's sitting in Pearl Harbor in reserve. Okay. What the Americans do when a ship has lived its useful life, at least as far as they can mm-hmm. figure, they don't tear it apart right away. They don't decom- you know, they decommission it, and maybe take its name off the books, but they don't yeah. actually tear the ship apart and recycle it. They leave it parked just in case. Just in case, yeah. Just in case. And I've got the hat from the USS Kitty Hawk, which is also a ship that she served on when she was in training at the Naval Academy. And she was even up on the flight deck, she says in her letter, which is amazing. And, and she likes aviation, too. Her dad was a, an Air Force pilot. Mm. And, of course, we have uh, Veterans Day in the U.S. just went by a couple of weeks ago. That's right. So yeah. it's a little more fitting that we're wearing these hats as well. I also have a hat from the HMCS Charlottetown, which is a Canadian patrol frigate. Right. And I have it that I've worn it occasionally on the on the channel, too, which we, I really like. We have a family, family member who served on the... Regina, Regina and on the right. Winnipeg. Right, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, would be my our, my first cousin's son, so he'd be your second, second cousin. cousin. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was uh, a bosun, and he's recently retired, but uh, he's still in the marine business uh, out in British Columbia. Mm. The Kitty Hawk is an interesting craft. It was designed in the fifties. They started building it in the sixties. It was rolled out, I think, around nineteen sixty five, sixty six, and it served in the navy uh, until two thousand nine. And then it was put into reserve, mm-hmm. and its name was uh, kept on the books until just last month. The oh, USS really? Kitty Hawk's name was was decommissioned from the ship. So the ship is still physically there, but the Kitty Hawk yeah. name is back into circulation, I guess. Could be on a new, on a new ship. Mm. But this particular ship, it's one of the uh, last oil-powered carriers. Ah. Everything since then is nuclear. Right. So it's one of the last oil-powered carriers, and it's not totally sure that they're not going to bring it back because the president in the United States has mm-hmm. made some speeches about wanting to have 12 aircraft carriers. Well, you can't just poop out an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. whenever you want. So the thinking is, if to get up to 12, I don't know how many they have right now, the Kitty Hawk is a candidate for recommissioning. Oh, interesting. So you never know. And it's one of the most famous, oh. uh, maybe the fam- most famous uh, aircraft carrier 
out there. Well, it, it's done a lot. It's been in movies and yeah, yeah, it has, and uh, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, bounce in popular media. It was named after Kitty Hawk, which is the place in North Carolina where the Wright brothers flew the Wright Flyer back exactly. in 1903 yep. or whenever that was. So it's got a real aviation background. That thing is so big. Guess how many F-18 uh, aircraft fighters it could hold? Thirty-five. Forty. You're very close. I give you full marks for that <laughs> guess. <laughs> Thank you. But it held forty. I just, and each one of those planes is like you know ten million dollars or whatever. So mm -hmm. just imagine the money it takes to keep the world free, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So thank you very much for these. Hats. Thank you. You know who you are. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate it because. Uh, well, you've, your last job was, I guess your current job is, no, your current job is not, but your last job was a veteran-related, so. Well, my uh, current job is, too. It is. I work in the okay. Veterans Affairs yeah. Department, sure. That's right. I don't have direct contact with veterans like I used to, Yeah. but I still see the files going by every day, trying to make sure they get paid what they're supposed to be mm -hmm. paid, so it's still very important work. Yeah, we very much appreciate uh, all the veterans out there. Uh, so thank you for these hats. You know who you are. Really appreciate it. And let's move on to some uh, hockey talk. Uh, you've got your list. I've got my list. What we okay. usually do is go through my list, and then you can hit up your list. Is that okay? Yeah, it's great. Okay. Go for it. I just wanted to touch on two rumors really quick. Uh, rumors are always juicy. People love rumors. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins' name is out there as a potential trading candidate. Uh, he's making $6 million per year until 2021. That's that's nuts to me. I'd, I, I, I like the Nuge, but... Six million? Mm, I don't know. I think uh, I think that's a little steep for me. So I don't know who's going to be able to fit them into their lineup. Now there's three teams being rumored to be interested in him. Okay. Montreal, Detroit, and the Rangers. Huh. I don't think he fits in with Montreal at all, <clears throat> no. uh, unless you. I don't think so. Get rid of Plakanic, and even when you do, I still don't think he's worth six million. I think it's going to turn into a Plakanic and three years or something like that. That's so, right. Uh, I'm taking Montreal out of the game there. They have the cap space, but they don't really have the right fit. They, they need a centerman, and that's the only yeah. that's the only thing about the Nuge that, that Montreal would need. But uh, Detroit, I'm not so sure. Detroit has a ton of cap issues. I have no idea yeah. how they would ever fit uh, him in, in their lineup, but they'd have to trade. I don't know who they'd have to trade, but they, it would take so much finagling that yeah. it, it just wouldn't, I can't see it happening. Can't see it. And the Rangers were the other team. And I can kind of see him fitting in there. Uh, it would depend who the Rangers ship back. And I, I assume that the Oilers would have to retain some salary mm -hmm. to make this trade work with any of the teams. So uh, that would be interesting. But The Rangers have more of a history, somewhat a favorable history of taking on players from other teams mm -hmm. uh, over the years. And it's something that they're not afraid to do mm -hmm. and try to incorporate them into their system. So of the three candidates in that rumor, I think the Rangers would be the best fit. Yeah, and if the, the Rangers are kind of low on sentiment right now, they got day or nay as their third best sentiment, I think. Uh, it would be interesting if the Rangers sent day or nay and maybe, I don't know, a pick or two to Edmonton for right, Nugent Hopkins, and so Dana would go back to Edmonton, and Edmonton would still have a center for but for a million dollars instead of six million dollars. One thing he can almost be sure of is that if RNH moves, his performance will improve. Because so? the other players that Edmonton has moved, they seem to be very good at getting rid of players who then do well. Even down to the nail Yakupov situation, it was, I think, done better. It, I wouldn't call him thriving, mm -hmm. but there's an article in The Athletic this weekend about Edmonton's trades 
and measuring up the players who went away and how they've done since they went away. So these are players like Taylor Hall, Schultz, um, Yakupov, yeah, a few others, obviously. But. Yeah, and uh, they've you know, Edmonton has not made a lot of gains in these trades so far. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a long-term thing. Maybe. I think uh, contracts have a, a, a bit to do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. you signed Lucic for, what's he making, like 6.5 or something yeah. like that for like the next five years? Yeah. Like, what? I'd, I'd never understood that trade from day one, and I don't think anyone did. But I like the idea of them getting Lucic. I thought he was a great catch. Completely, yep. At the right price. Three million. Right, and that the price they're paying now is not the right price. No. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, the other name in the rumor mill is uh, Wayne Simmons. Now, um, Hextall's been pretty a pretty big secretive guy in his tenure here in Philadelphia, but apparently multiple sources have come out and said that he is willing to listen to offers on Wayne Simmons. Now, Wayne Simmons makes 3.975 per year until 1819. So in 1920, he's going to be a UFA. Uh, so he's got two years left on his contract. Um, I think it's a bit early to, for Rex Hexall to trade Simmons. For his his production, for his the value of his contract, is probably one of the best in the NHL, maybe if not the best in the NHL. Uh, I don't, I can't see him trading him this year. I think he'd hold on to him. He, I think he would be silly to give him up this year, unless it was for something amazing, because he, he could get uh, this year out of him and next year up to the trade deadline, potentially. So Philadelphia is last in the Metropolitan Division right now, and even though... You know, it's long away from the trading deadline. Thanksgiving has now passed in the mm-hmm. U.S., and maybe they've decided that it's not worth waiting until too long before players' value might drop. Maybe that's why he's being shopped now, if he's being shopped, if mm. the rumor's true. It could be, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it doesn't help when you're playing Voracek and uh, Drew each like $9 million or whatever. So yeah, uh, it's tough because Wayne Simmons is a player that's probably going to command, I'd say, at least seven. Six I was thinking six, but yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I, he's kind of, I think he's in that uh, TJ Oshie kind of range of, of salary and production. So. I really like his play. Oh, he's I do too. really good. Yep. Yeah, he'll be a good grab for whoever ends up with him if Philly does move him. Yep, he's yeah. a playmaker. He can score, he can hit, he can fight, he can do everything. He's a great two-way player. Uh, he's in shape. Um, he's he's a great guy off the ice too. Yeah. Well, I would love to have Simmons on my team. Right. He's a very hard guy to play against. Totally. He's a guy that... Uh, if he, if he's not on your team, you have a little hate for him, he, which he, is a good thing. He plays a very similar game to Corey Perry. Corey Perry is a player who can get under your skin, but can also produce offensively. He can, he's a good good leader. Uh, a lot of people hate Corey Perry, but you gotta appreciate for what he does. He's a, he's he's an amazing player. Everybody has their role. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean Ryan Kessler. Look at uh, him. Well. A, a very similar player. Uh, yeah, but the thing with Kessler, <laughs> I think the difference there is most of these people like Perry, mm-hmm. even like Marshawn. Lucic, uh, I would be happy if they were on my team, although I hate them when they're not. Okay. I don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd feel the same way. Really? About How come? I mean, I don't like Kessler. I'm not I trying just, to defend him. I've seen too much, and and I've seen probably even more from Marshawn. I don't know what, I think Marshawn, you can sit him in a room and say, look, here's how we want you to play. I don't think he can do that with, uh, with Kessler. Okay. I just don't, I just, I think Kessler's, Missing a switch or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Interesting. Okay. I have, I have no basis for that. Oh, I'm sure that many people podcast. agree. Yeah. No, I'm sure many many people agree, and I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm definitely not defending Kessler. I'm not a fan either. I just don't think he can be coached. 
I still think there's time to coach Marshawn and maybe Lucic or whatever, some hmm. of these other hard drivers. All right, well said. Anyway. I appreciate that. I don't know. Uh, I thought we'd move on to talk about the winning streaks and the losing streaks currently in the NHL. Sure. Because there's a lot. Uh, let's just start with the winning streaks. So Columbus is on a six-game winning streak. Are we going back in time to last year when Columbus started that big, long winning streak? They went on, well, I think they won like 14, yeah, 14 was, or 15 games straight. It something was record-setting or record-approaching anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I, I like to see that from Columbus. I love cheering for underdog teams, even though they're, I think, second in the Metropolitan right now. Pretty hard to, to say that the team's an underdog, but uh, compared to these powerhouses over the past couple of years in Washington, Pittsburgh, and Rangers, uh, it's nice to see Columbus really competitive. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Oh, yeah. They uh, are second. They're second to New Jersey, which is New Jersey, yeah, New Jersey's in first. In <laughs> <laughs> but New Jersey was also in a playoff spot last year at Thanksgiving. They weren't as high, but they, they were in a playoff spot last year during Thanksgiving. And look where they finished last year, like almost dead last in the in the East. Yeah. Uh, Things can change yeah. for everybody. And they sure can. Yeah. Uh, Vegas with five. So Vegas played so well. And then... They kind of struggled for a few games, and they're like, no, we want to win again. And they just started winning again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just started they, kicking butt. I think the best part of that whole story is the goalie situation. Oh, totally. They're on, like, their fifth or sixth string goalie. I, yeah. think, they, I think they've played six goalies total now. Yeah. Now, they played Malcolm Subban last night, and he won. Oh, did they? He's back? He's I back. I didn't know that. I didn't watch much hockey last yeah, night. Yeah, he's but. back. He was. He backed up the previous game. We watched the game, I think, on Friday. Right. He was the backup in that game. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they played Legacy, I think, uh, to start. That was against San Jose, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. And a buddy of mine was at that game, right. actually, yeah. So that was the Friday game. I guess because they were playing back-to-backs because they played again last night in Arizona. Yep. They put Subban in, and he won. Awesome. So we'll get to the scores later. Heck, yeah. Uh, Nashville, four-game winning streak as well. Uh, they're on fire. Packerin is playing amazing. Uh, Boston, four-game winning streak. Kudobin uh, has come in, and I don't think he's lost in regulation the, Yet this year, I think he's seven zero and two or something crazy like that. Uh, he's playing absolutely phenomenal goaltending, mm-hmm. uh, and exciting to watch that Boston Pittsburgh game on the weekend. I think it was Friday afternoon was one of the best games I've seen so far this year. Don't you love Friday afternoon games? I love, I love afternoon games during the week. Not a huge fan of afternoon games during the weekend. I totally agree. Thanksgiving weekend in the states presents a very interesting opportunity yeah. to have an afternoon game on a Friday because Friday, even though it's not a legal holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone takes it off, and yep. it's the shopping day, the Black Friday. And so many games are played in the afternoon. Now, I think there's maybe an opportunity in February. I think it's President's Day, perhaps. Uh, uh, and I think... There's a few Monday games, I, I think. I think Christmas Eve or, or... No, I don't know if it's Christmas Eve, but there's yeah. a day around... Maybe it's Boxing Day or something, yeah. around Christmas. Maybe New Year's Day for sure, and that's a Monday yeah, this year. New Year's Day, so yeah. they'll play the, the Classic or whatever they call it. Yeah, the, there's no door game. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I love, I interrupted you, but I oh, love that, like that Friday afternoon. It was a regular working day here in Canada, but, you know, got home from work and mm-hmm. been able to put your feet up, watch TV, and there's games underway. It was great. Yeah, I think it started around one or two hour time, and then it just rolled on to the next game after that and throughout the night. It was a great night for hockey, or a yeah. great day, sorry. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Islanders, three-game winning streak. Yeah. Is this the moment where you can release what happened when we were watching the Islanders game the other night? Um, but my prediction? I, I have it on note here to bring it up, but now it's just as good as any time. I need you to bring it up because there's minimal times when I'm right with my predictions. Yeah. So. We're standing there. Uh, Neil's standing up in the living room. I'm sitting down on the couch. It's near the end of the first period. Yeah. There's about two minutes, two and a half minutes left. Something like that. In the first period. And Neil just says, 
listen to this. I predict right now Barzell's going to score. <laughs> and it wasn't 30 seconds. <laughs> and Barzell scored and made it one nothing Islanders. And it was just one of those things you hate, right? <laughs> Unless it's you, Neil loved it. I you, you thought that I watched the game in advance or something. Well, like I it. said, I, I, this thing PVR'd. Am I watching a PVR'd game and you already knew and you're like you're five minutes ahead of me in the other room or what? And it wasn't. It was a live game. You just now tell me. I just had a. Good, How did you know? I just had. I just had a good feeling. I I because I filmed the video earlier that day, and I wanted to talk about a few of the rookies that weren't getting a lot of attention. So I, I went through all the teams, and I talked about a few. Charlie McAvoy and Barzal was in, the other one that I wanted to focus on and I was reading about him and his story and stuff and was looking at his stats and I'm like this uh this kid's pretty underrated and he's been playing very well mm -hmm. recently and he's he's got a lot of assists he doesn't have a lot of goals and I was like I think it's a goal night for him I, I'm feeling good and so I just I just said it mainly as a joke and uh I just had one of those feelings and <laughs> it happened. Now in Canada we have sort of similar to the Powerball in the U.S. we have a lot a couple of lotteries during the week and on Saturday night we have Lotto 649, and on Friday night we have a thing called, oh, it used to be the Super 7, now it's Lotto Max, I guess yeah. they call it. And just because Neil had a good feeling about Barzal, I thought, well, maybe he can share with me the winning <laughs> numbers for that night. But he was very close to his chest. He didn't say anything. And no. Consequently, the 40 million didn't go. No, but someone in, in Summerside won a million. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so good. Maybe I should have gone and played. Maybe you should have. Dang. Yeah. This studio could have looked a lot nicer with a million dollars. <laughs> I think it looks pretty darn good now. <laughs> that doesn't look bad, but a uh, million dollars would definitely help. <laughs> uh, moving on, the Washington Capitals, uh, they're on a three-game winning streak as well. Yeah. Playing really great hockey. Uh, we'll talk about that game last night a, a bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, Ran Rangers, too, three-game winning streak. They went on that six-game winning streak, I think, then they lost a couple, and now they're back on a three-game winning streak. Do you think Alain Vigneault's job is safe again? For now. Oh, yeah. I think he was safe the minute we started talking about it not being safe. <laughs> like, they <laughs> started we, winning. You think we yeah. jinxed it? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm happy for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so any other team on here is, has two games or, or less. I just want to do the teams with the, at least three wins because I think a lot of the teams can win two in a row. Not a lot of teams can win three in a row. There's a big, I think there's a big difference between three games and two games winning streak. Yeah, so, I think so. Uh, I left the two games off of there. Uh, the losing streak, um, Ottawa has lost the last four games. Yeah. What's the problem here? I don't know. I haven't been watching Ottawa. And I know we get some commentary, you do, uh, on some of the other videos you've done from Ottawa fans saying that we're, you know, anti-Ottawa and that we're never really? giving them credit for what they do. Yeah, you know, probably don't have time to read all the comments. Like I read all the comments. I don't remember that, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's Ottawa again. We're getting we're getting screwed. Oh, that's because I did the, the standings if the playoffs started today. Oh, that's like, what that was. Why didn't you wait... Why didn't you do it the day before when Ottawa was in a playoff spot? <laughs> <laughs> Is that all that was? Yeah. I oh, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. I don't know. There's six straight loss. Um, it's fourth straight loss, not six. I thought it was six, but no, okay. Definitely six. Or definitely four. All right. I I double-checked before yeah. I came down here. Uh, Eric Carlson, you know, he's he's aware, and he's there. Mm -hmm. Is he still not 100% healthy? I don't I know don't if he's know. ever 100% healthy. Well, there you go. We'll talk about last night's game uh, later when we do our scores. Okay. There is one little good news piece of information. Okay, because I was just about to mention that, so okay. let's save it for later. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay is also on a two-game losing streak. I don't think that's a big deal. No. No, that, that's that's nothing. That's no. a blip. Like, the, And the second game, you're playing Pittsburgh. 
Yeah. So it depends who you're playing, too. Some of these two- and three- and four-game streaks, either way, depends who you're playing, whether you're home or on the road. They were home for this game, though. Mm-hmm. They lost, and we'll talk about well, that. Well, Pittsburgh, just to <coughs> touch briefly, have struggled this year. And you can say, oh, Pittsburgh's not a, not a really great team right now. Uh, it's still Pittsburgh. <laughs> they're still Malcolm. They're still Crosby. They're still Latang. They're still Matt yeah. Murray. There's Kessel. I mean, it's still Pittsburgh. You could you could play Pittsburgh and be destroyed by Pittsburgh. It just depends on how they want to play, I guess. So I I don't yeah. f- I don't you shouldn't feel bad as a Tampa fan for losing to Pittsburgh. No, there's no panic in Pittsburgh either. No, there's not. They're starting to gain. They're they're doing okay. Yep. Uh, even without Malcolm, he's been out for a couple of games now. Yep. Uh, they're doing they're doing fine. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Carolina is also on a two game losing streak. I uh, believe only two. Only what? You don't you think they should be on a, a more of a losing streak? Well, if your winning percentage is based on the amount of fans you can put in your rank. <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll keep going. Uh but we watched a game the other night between Toronto and Carolina and uh Cam Ward was pulled and um Scott Darling came in, I think. I don't know if Scott Darling led in a goal after he came in, but mm. I'm not sure, but it just since this is the last losing streak I'm going to talk about, and we just talked about Toronto and, and Carolina, I want to talk about the milestones. And I'm skipping ahead here on my list a little bit, but it's a good segue because uh, Cam Ward is still in search of his 300th win. Do you remember two weeks ago? Yeah. When I did the milestone thing, he was 299. He was then? 297. 297. Now he's got 298. Oh, okay. So he's almost at 300 wins. Do you remember who the other milestone thing we talked about was, or who that player was? In Carolina. Just no, or not just generally. There were two players f- close to a milestones two weeks ago. Well, Ovechkin was close no. to uh, no. It was Marlowe. Oh, he's close to eleven hundred points. Right. Do you remember how many, how close he was? No. Uh, <laughs> one thousand and ninety-seven points. Okay. So he's three off. Now he has one thousand and ninety-eight points. So it's been two weeks later. Oh my goodness! And these buggers can't hit their <laughs> milestones. We're, we're back here talking about them again. But there have been a few milestones crossed, like last night in the Toronto game. Ovechkin passed. Um, oh, trying to think of who it was for like 20th, I think, in overall scoring in the NHL historically oh, forever. Yeah. Oh. And he scored almost a 200th power play goal, which passed somebody else at the same time. So, uh, he's, and you get another hat trick. That's yeah. He's amazing. He's, he's racking up the, uh, the stats. He's leading the goals this year. He is now. He's got, he's got 18 or something like that. Kudrov's in second. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, Oh, look at this. I have that next. <laughs> Ovechkin scores a hat trick. <laughs> because it was a big, it was a special night for Ovechkin because I don't want to skip ahead here, but uh, let's talk about it, I guess. Sure. Um, last night was Hockey Fights Cancer Night across the NHL, and the Capitals did something very special. They had uh, a little a little boy in there. I think his name was Alex as well. Alex Louie was his name. Yeah, yeah, and he got to spend, I think, part of the day Prior to the game with the Capitals, he got to read the starting lineup in the in the in the dressing room, which would be oh. a, a so special for the kid. Man, uh, yeah. that's a that's a pretty big dream right there. And then he got to watch the game, obviously in one of the boxes or whatever. And Ovechkin told him before the game, "I'm going to score a goal for you tonight, or I'm going to win this game, or I'm going to yeah. score a goal." If I get a goal, it's for you. Or yeah, it was. But he was connecting it with Alex. Exactly. Louis, right? So he's Ovechkin scored the first goal. And uh, as soon as he scored the goal, he looked up. Yeah. He looked up at the for the, and tried to find the kid. Uh, I think that, I think that says a lot about Ovechkin as a person. Uh, says says a lot about the Capitals as an organization to to do that for that kid. Um, and organizations were doing that all across the league last night. Uh, I think it was the Toronto Arena that had the boards all all painted in the 
that cancer color, or not cancer color, but the 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 ribbon color, the pink or the purple or whatever right. it is. I can't lavender, whatever. Uh, and I think the Canadians had seventeen or eighteen kids that come out came out on the ice during the anthem. And uh, I think one of them read the starting lineup in the dressing room before. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see the NHL do that. Uh, and I think a lot of money was raised as well, so that's that's the most important part. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess the next on my list is someone that I think we only talked about once in this podcast, and it was maybe a month and a half ago. John Klingberg from the Dallas Stars. You probably haven't watched much Dallas this year. No. Um, I've watched more Dallas than I have last year because of Radulov and Bishop. I'm really interested in the team. They're my third favorite team. Um, but I just want to talk about John Klimberg because he's having a career year so far. Okay. And I want to talk about his points, or specifically who he has more points than in, 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 the, in the rest of the oh, NHL. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So John Klimberg, hit me, hit me. a defenseman for the Dallas Stars, has more points than Larkin, Malkin, Jamie Benn, Kadri, Backstrom, Eichel, Pasternak, Nico Hischer, Perry, Drysaddle, Line, Nylander, Taves, Drouin, Panarin, and Marchand. And then there's more <laughs> names on there that I couldn't fit on this list. Wow. So how many points does he have? Mm, 22 or something like wow. that. 23. I can't. I shouldn't say. He's leading the league in defense and points. Uh, maybe it's something like 28 or something crazy like that. I can't, I can't remember. I should have wrote it down, but I'm stupid, so I didn't. Uh, so I just I want to talk about that really quick. Uh, I think he deserves to be deserves a little shout out there for his his hard work on the Dallas Absolutely. Stars. Absolutely, but good for him. Yeah. Um, worst plus minus in the league. Now we talked about this we two weeks ago. Yeah, or maybe three. I think it, it was, was two or three weeks. It was ago. two or three, and it was Sydney. Crosby. It was Sydney Crosby had the worst plus minus in the league. Yeah. If you were to guess, where do you think he would be right now? Well, I know he's been picking things up. So I'd in say, typical Crosby fashion, he starts slow and then picks yeah. it up. Let's say he's halfway up. He's halfway up. Uh, worst plus minus in the league is uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, minus 18. He plays for for Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Uh, O'Reilly from Buffalo, minus 16. Uh, Latang, minus 16. So Latang was at near the bottom when we talked about this. Uh, couple weeks ago too so he hasn't moved up a lot uh keller minus 15 arizona uh clefbaum minus 14 and then crosby and six still in still six, six, from the six bottom. worse minus 12 wow but he's definitely moving up the list uh so that's good i guess but now i have uh i have a contest for you first off do you know who the uh the best plus minus player is the best plus minus player since we're on the topic um, what team does he play for? Give me a hint. St. Louis. Actually, this is a trick question because there's a tie for the top and they're both in St. Louis. Jaden Schwartz. Yes. Um, wow. The second one's going to be tough. Petrangelo? Nope. I don't know. Shen. Oh, yeah. Okay, and a close second with 18. These two guys have 19 plus minus. Yep. 18. Also St. Louis. Really? Yeah. Who? Tarasenko. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's crazy. I think they have the best, St. Louis has the best uh, shootout record, goals for and goals against too. They're oh, just, yeah. they're killing it in the shootout apparently. Cool. Uh, okay. I have a contest for you. Oh, uh-huh, for if me. You, if you, yeah, for you. What do I get? Um, You get a, you get, you know what? You get delicious golden fries from McDonald's. 
large. If you can get this right. Oh, I'm down. And it's so the most points in the last 10 games. If you can name any of the players in the top five, I will buy you delicious golden french fries. Any of the players in the top five in the last 10 games. Anyone in the top five for Anyone. most points in the last 10 games. Yep. If you can name any of those five names. And I'll give you three chances. <laughs> oh, my God. This is obviously a very tough question. <laughs> I'll say Brock Besser. No. So I have two more chances. You have two more chances, yeah. Gensel. No. One more chance. One more chance. Can he do it for McAvoy. Us? No. Dang. <laughs> I guess I'm going to starve today. Such an opportunity to get delicious food. <laughs> uh, who, who do we have? First is Marchiso with 11 points from oh, okay. uh, Las Vegas. Right. Second is McKinnon with oh, 11 yeah. points. William Carlson, also Vegas, 10 points. Monaghan, 10. And Josh Bailey from the Islanders, 10. Look at that. So I don't know if you would have gotten any of those names or not, but... Uh, I, you definitely wouldn't have guessed William Carlson, but... <laughs> no, no, for sure. I do have him written down here from, you know, his performance last night, but, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. I always like looking at the last, uh, the trending, the trending information. Um, I have another stat here. 74 goalies in the NHL and listed or who have played or at least been a backup uh, right. in the NHL. No, 74 goalies who have played, sorry. have actually gone out in the yes, ice. Yes, gone out in the okay. ice this year. Um where do you think Carey Price is seated out of 74? You're talking goals against average? Sorry, sa yeah, save percentage. Save percentage. Save percentage. I would say up until last night, maybe even after last night, I think he'd be at the bottom of it. I think he'd be worse. Yeah, you're right. He's 58th, 58 to 74. And that includes last night too? It includes last night. Wow. Yeah. So he got a shot last night. I think he had made 36 saves. And he was amazing. He was amazing. And... I wish I had to check this before last night's game because it would have been obviously worse than seven than fifty eighth. Yeah. Uh, but just thought that was just thought that was interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um. The only thing left. Oh no, I sorry. I have two things left on my list. We already kind of talked about this, but Caudry's little hissy fit there in his in his belly box where he hits oh, yeah. the. People are saying it's it was an NHL official, and then other people are saying it was just someone who works at the arena. I don't know which one is correct. I don't know if it matters because when you hit someone in the face with your stick uh it's already bad it doesn't matter who they work for yeah uh it, it was funny it was funny because the dude lost it and just gave him heck for it it was great it was a, i don't think it was an nhl official because usually the the few nhl officials that are officially there mm -hmm. if that makes any sense <laughs> have a vest or a blazer with an nhl crest on it okay this guy i think just had a suit on mm -hmm. he's probably a local rink official but you know, NHL officials don't do everything in the penalty box right. area. They don't start and stop the clock. They don't, you know, yeah. do everything. They There's other people that are, that are clerical, and you're right. He comes in, he throws his fit, slams the door, and the butt, you know, he obviously didn't intend yeah, to do this. Yeah, he didn't intend to do it. And he was slamming his stick, and the butt end of his stick bounced up and caught dude in the side of the face. Yeah. And he unloaded on him. I couldn't hear the words, but you could read the lips. <laughs> and Kadri wouldn't even look at him. It was funny. So his little hissy fit caused a little controversy there. Uh, sorry, Andrew. I know you like you know you like Cadre, but I got to make fun of him a little bit. Oh, you got to. <laughs> and speaking of making fun of Cadre, um, I'm not sure if it's aired yet. I think it has. The card. The card. Yeah. Yeah, that's been online already, right? Yeah. If anyone hasn't watched that, a card unboxing. Yeah, we just did a card unboxing of the new Upper Deck series from this year. 
It's just Cadre sitting on the bench, all, all smiles and happy. It's an interesting photo, but... His face is way happier than a sane human should be. <laughs> I don't know what he's smiling at, but... Yeah, I don't know either, but whatever it is, I want some. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> um, the last thing on my list, other than what we're going to talk about at the end, which is unhockey-related, uh, is Black Friday deals. I mentioned in the video the other day that I did get some jerseys. And I wanted to tell people what teams I got those jerseys from. I'm not going to tell you if they're third jerseys or what year or home or away. I'm just going to tell you the teams. Uh, so I got a Boston jersey. There's going to be a Boston jersey in the collection, which is, as a Canadians fan, tough. But I respect the rivalry so much that um, I thought it would be good to have a Boston jersey. The next team is an Anaheim. Now, I already have an Anaheim jersey over there. Uh, Robbie gave us that, yeah. Um, but I I wanted one of the newer Anaheim jerseys, so I got that. Is that one with the D on it, the stylized D? Yeah, with the... yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> Philadelphia, I got a Philadelphia jersey. So uh, the the jersey collection is growing, and uh, Lids helped us get those. Um, so big thanks to Lids there. Big shout out, help us grow our collection here and, and support more merchandise for teams. Uh, that that really helps us a lot. And I also got a bunch of stuff for the giveaway as well. So the, the lids bag is growing over there for our giveaway for the uh, cre- uh, redesigned and NHL logo. Uh, if you're not aware of it, go on the YouTube channel and uh, search re- NHL logo redesign and you'll find the video. And uh, yeah, enter enter the contest. It's The deadline's December 15th and you can win a Hockey YouTuber Starter Kit which has a green screen and stuff from lids and stuff from my personal collection. It's all hockey related for the most part. Uh, so yeah, just all kinds of new stuff I got from Black Friday deals going into that bag once it, once it arrives. So cool. I have a feeling it's going to be expensive to ship because there's a lot of stuff in there. <clears throat> oh, for sure. And it depends, I guess, where the winter lives. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's worldwide available. So Wow. Uh, that's all I have. All right. What do you got? Well, I got all kinds of stuff. First off, I thought maybe we could start with last night's hockey scores. Yep. We've alluded to them a bit in some of the games already, but I'll do a quick summary of those scores. Washington defeated Toronto 4-2 on the back of that hat trick. That was, a good, that was a good game. It's a very good hockey game. Yeah, a very good hockey game. It was uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Night, and we'd already talked about Alex Louie being the benefactor of uh, hmm. uh, a great experience. And uh, he has actually already lost part of a leg to cancer. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a bone cancer that he had. And so far it looks good. But I think if I heard them right last night in the broadcast, he's still playing hockey. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, Kadri's point streak, sorry, Andrew, was broken last <laughs> night at uh, nine games. He didn't get on the board. Uh, they put Matt Martin, Dominic Moore, and Roman Polak back in the lineup. They were scratched the previous game. And they sent Marlowe down to the fourth <coughs> line. <coughs> Uh, they did. I guess when he had one point in the last two weeks, basically. So yeah. I, I, I understand it, but yep. yeah, you gotta go where you're. Yeah, where you gotta go. You gotta reward the people who are <coughs> rewarding your, your team. You okay today? I'm okay. I, I brought coffee down instead of uh, a carbonated beverage, so I can't, you, you know, kind of clear my throat as well. You so. think carbonated beverage is better for your throat than coffee? Oh yeah, way better. That is the most delusional thing I've heard <laughs> ever. Well, Coke Zero, it cleans you out. It's an astringent. It cleans you out. Well, it, I don't know if it cleans Ladies you out. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a sentence that has never been said before. Coke Zero cleans you out. It does. 
Oh yeah, if I want to get get something cleansed, uh, Coke Zero is the way to vote. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with that at all. I'm calling I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Montreal beat Buffalo three nothing. Uh, Carey Price had a shutout going until about thirty seconds left, and then yeah. Buffalo scored, and I thought, okay, that's it. They ruined a shutout. They pulled their goalie with five plus minutes left in the game. It was five minutes and six seconds. Yeah. And they pulled the goalie. Pulled the goalie. And when you pull the goalie that far in the game, maybe it's for the purposes of trying to get three goals. I don't know. But for me, I just thought it was a a ding dong move to try to ruin a shutout. I I have to disagree with that. I think it was to get three goals. (laughs) But in, in a situation like that, with potentially the best puck handling goalie in the league or at least top three. Yeah. Everyone, everyone watching Everybody. and everyone in the arena. Even people who hate Montreal. Yeah, because yeah, like, they knew that Carey Price had the ability and potentially the chance to score a goal. Five minutes. And he, he took a few looks. He handled the puck a few times yeah. and had looks. But each time he decided to pass it along the boards or keep it in the Which zone. Which was the smart decision. It is. But, man, it must have been hard to not take it. Take really, really hard. And he would have had more chances if Montreal was tuned in a little better. Mm-hmm. There were times when the defenseman would have the puck and maybe skating across his own blue line. Yeah. And all the play is going down the ice. That's when you lop it back to Carey Price. Totally. And he just does a pop fly, an Eric Carlson-type shot that no <laughs> yeah, one can get. Exactly. And have a go-ker plunk right in the cross, <laughs> you know, right in the net. That yeah. would have been awesome. Um, now, the goaltending interference yeah. thing. Uh, as a Canadians fan, I believe that should have been a goal. However, it could have never been a goal based on how the NHL has ruled goaltender interference mm-hmm. thus far this year mm-hmm. and last year. I mean, there's been so wishy-washy, um, but Carey Price was nudged a little bit. I think it should have been a goal. Like three years ago, that three years ago, that would have been a goal. Um, well, he, even last year when they drug him out of the net. Yeah, how can you? That's a good point. How can you drug drag Carey Price out of the net where he's out of the frame, and that goal counts, and he just gets a little nudge this time, and it, and it doesn't count? Yeah. NHL, what are you doing? Smarten up. I'm glad it wasn't a goal. I'm, you know, the, the fact that Carey Price comes back from really a month almost. Yeah. Uh, since his last win, and uh, over three weeks since his last game. And not only does well, but gets a shutout. He played, he, he, I mean, you're playing Buffalo, so you might say, okay, well, the quality of chances weren't that great. They put a lot he of rubber on him. 36 saves. Buffalo really pushed in the third period. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of those bigger saves I thought were later in the game. And he was amazing. His rebound control was, was great. His directional saves into the corners and stuff was, was awesome. Yeah. He was covering up the puck and he was handling the puck great. It, it looked like the carry price that we all know. Yeah. Now, how long that's going to last? I'm not sure. I don't know who they play next. Do you? I do. They play the Columbus Blue Jackets. Ugh. Columbus on a six-game winning streak. In Montreal. Great. Oh, and Montreal doesn't play great at home this year. So. And they're going to have to do a goalie switcheroo because they play Columbus on Tuesday night, I think it is, and they play Ottawa the very next night. Or okay. it's a Monday night and Tuesday night or Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, well, please put Carey Price in for the Columbus game and Niemi in for the Ottawa game. <laughs> don't do it the other way around. Well, who knows? Yeah. You know, but maybe... Hopefully Montreal can break Columbus's streak and not break Ottawa's streak. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I do want to talk, I want to go through the rest of the scores now maybe, but I want to go back to the Montreal situation later just for a quick three-minute okay. thing. Sure. And it has to do with uh, a special stat that I noticed a couple of 
days ago okay. on, uh, on The Athletic, which is a really good analysis of Montreal uh, and maybe one of the things that's giving them problems, problems that might go away now if Price is really Carey Price that we're used to. Okay. That's his 40th shutout that he got. And, uh, you know, it's he's still got a long way to go to catch Patrick Waugh for uh, the Montreal record. but uh, and, the, and probably the next <coughs> 50 years to, cl- to, to catch uh, Brodeur with yeah. 160 or however many he has. Really? Well, no one will ever catch him. Yeah. And uh, that was a five-game losing streak that Montreal snapped yeah. last night. So that was uh, good. They did pick up a couple of points in that streak. They, they stole a point or two here, but that was about it. So it was bad. Uh, in another game, the Islanders beat Ottawa 2-1. Uh, that's their third straight game. Halak got the win there. Good. Yeah, and that's uh, Ottawa's sixth straight loss. But as we alluded to earlier, there's a good news tidbit. Fourth straight loss. Sorry, fourth straight loss. <laughs> oh. But there's, maybe it's the, uh, well, we'll forget it. But there's a good news in that game for Ottawa. I believe Duchesne got a goal. He did. He scored the first time in his eight games he's been with Ottawa. Yeah. And he got his first goal. And he looked to the ceiling. And, and and thanks. Oh, yeah. uh, he was he was very very relieved to get that goal. He thanked uh, God, Jehovah, <laughs> Allah, Buddha. He thanked everybody. Yeah, up Hasek. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was good. Uh, good for him to get that off his back. But the Islanders still won the game. Mm. The New Jersey Devils in overtime beat Detroit four three. Kincaid was the uh, winning goalie. Detroit. Had a strange, I don't know if you saw this, but Mrazek got hurt during the game. I did not see this. Yeah. Uh, I don't exactly, I didn't see the injury, but I think it was a collision. And Mrazek was down. He stayed in the game, but someone upstairs in the stands or some NHL person decided that they were going to invoke the concussion protocol. But the game was already underway again. Okay. So at the next stoppage of play, a couple of minutes later... They finally got word to the tra- trainer in Detroit who told the coach that they have to pull Mrazek out okay. to do the concussion, you know, quiet room thing. So Mrazek actually played for a while and then was pulled and they put Howard in, which was odd. Interesting. Very weird. I wonder if, hypothetically, if Mrazek had to get hit or injured again during that time period, who? I wonder if that official upstairs would be at fault for not calling down sooner or... Or something. I don't know. And the the story that I read today that it seemed to key on the fact that there appears to be an inconsistency even within the NHL oh, completely. as to how they communicate the decision to invoke the oh. concussion protocol. So the communication phase is, is part of the problem. That's too. right. Oh yeah, that's definitely part of the problem. The decision was likely made at the time he went down, but it took a couple of minutes to get word to whoever. Now, in some play, in in some circumstances, they've actually got word to the scoring clock area, and they hit the buzzer. Hmm. They actually stop the play and then look after I the goalie situation. I think that's the way to do it. I do too. Now, why it didn't happen? Maybe he tried and they couldn't get through. Maybe it's a special phone number he had or she had and couldn't. You know, I don't know what yeah, happened. Can't, can't really blame the person, I guess, because we don't know the situation. We don't know. Could what be of any anything that went wrong. Yeah. With that win, New Jersey's now first in the Metropolitan Division, as we talked I about love a little it. while ago. The, the overtime goal was great. I missed it. There was a play down on the Detroit end. Uh, Brian Gibbons, who was uh, in deep, fell down along the boards in the corner. And Detroit was trying to clear the puck out. And Gibbons stood up at the last minute and intercepted the pass out, the, uh, the clearing mm-hmm. pass, and walked in and scored. Wow. Yeah, so That's that was cool. kind of cool. And I know that uh, Brian Boyle got his goal this week. He did. Um, 
He's, and, he's playing with cancer. Right he now. is. And it's that's hockey a, fights cancer night. That's amazing. And and he got a goal. He got a goal in the game last night. Oh, did he really? He oh, got, yeah. He, got, yeah. Oh, he wow. scored again. Yeah, last that's night. Awesome. Uh, the uh, goals for New Jersey were, uh, uh, it was a 4-3 in overtime. So it was Taylor Hall, Nico Heischer, and Brian Boyle. And then Brian Gibbons got the overtime cool. winner. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it was Henrique that collided with Mrazek, I guess, according to my notes here. Mm. And he played for two minutes after that. Okay, back to the Pittsburgh-Tampa Bay game in Tampa Bay. I have a question first. Did he, he end up coming back to, into the game later on? I don't think so. I think Howard was okay. uh, stayed in the rest of the game. All right. And then he would have taken the loss, too. Uh, Pittsburgh with Tristan Jerry in that. He got his first uh, win. They wow. Beat, they, yeah, that's how, where they were playing, by the no way. No way. Yeah, and that's they beat awesome. Tampa Bay 5-2. <clears throat> There's an interesting stats in that game. Of fit Pittsburgh, five goals. How many were five on five? <clears throat> Zero. Close. Just one. Hmm. All, spe- all uh, special teams? All special teams. They had a shorthanded. They had two three-on-two, or uh, five-on-three goals, and they had one straight old power play goal. Wow. Yeah, they had mm. all kinds of five-on-threes and big power plays. So Tampa was, were bad boys? They were bad boys. They were in the sin bin quite a bit. And mm. Pittsburgh got some bad penalties, too, because they got one of them was obviously during that short-handed goal. Yeah. So Sid got two. He's got nine now in the year. Kessel got two. He's got 11. And Brian Rust got one. Short, and he was the short-handed goal scorer for his eighth goal. That doesn't goal. surprise me, him getting a short-handed goal. Yeah, Pittsburgh uh, just broke their three-game losing streak. And Malcolm, Malcolm wasn't there. He's on the... Uh, uh, I guess he, well, you, you're you're not cut. He's not. He's he's had injury issues yeah. in his career, so not surprising. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, Corey Crawford in Chicago beat Florida four one. Jonathan Taves one goal two assist. Brendan Sad one goal one assist. Patrick Kane and John Hayden uh, got the other two goals. Now, I'm just going to throw this out here. Not that I want to help the fellow people in my fantasy pool. Mm-hmm. But the upcoming week, Chicago plays five games this coming week. Wow. So if you're into fantasy week by week, uh, you might want to choose a few players off of Chicago. Just a little little tip there. Ah. That's very generous. It is generous. Yeah. I, I feel okay because I got uh, 50 points this week so far. <laughs> and, and I'm leading. I led the week and I'm back on top. So I feel better because <laughs> I was losing for a very long time. Elsewhere in the league last night, St. Louis beat Minnesota 6-3. Jake Allen got the win. Heck yeah. Dubnik took the loss. Uh, Coyle, Mitchell, and Stahl scored for Minnesota, and uh, Schwartz got two goals. Now he's got 13. Not surprising. And Stastny got one. Blay got one. Brodziak got one. And Jaskin or Jaskin got one. Hmm. So there you go. Big game. Hmm. Golden Knights again. 4-2 over Arizona. Malcolm Subban got that win that we talked about earlier. Wedgwood took the loss for Arizona. That's their fifth in a row. And they got s- distributed scoring. Uh, Halla, Carlson, Marchessault, and Nosek. And Oliver ekman Larson scored for Arizona, as well as Perlini. I love that lineup. Oh, yeah. Like, after watching the games and stuff and seeing the, the chemistry on the team and the guys laughing and stuff on the bench, I just, it's such an underdog story, even though, I mean, they're not really an underdog. It's the first year. It's just on because of the moves after, during the draft and after the draft and the trades and stuff, you thought, oh, man, what are you doing? You McPhee's, give, like, a, McPhee's an idiot. Yeah. But <laughs> the, uh, the joke's yeah. on everyone else. And it's luck, too. I mean, how do you predict chemistry? You can't, right? Yeah. So it's 
I, I really, really enjoy watching the team. And uh, as I said earlier, I had a buddy who was at the game with his wife. They were yeah. in, in Vegas for a couple of days of R&R. And he said it's the loudest hockey arena he's ever been in. Hmm. And he's seen a lot of games. He's from Ottawa originally, seen a lot of Senators games. Well, when we watch on TV, it's a, you can tell it's a oh, loud yeah. building. So it'd be cool to see a game there someday. It would sure. be amazing. Yeah. be amazing to see. And, and that's a city that they are uh, liable to play an afternoon game even on a normal day. Oh, totally, yeah. Because Las Vegas is such a party town, yeah. and, and it's no one's on the clock like usual. There's mm. no clocks anywhere in that city, I don't think. They don't, don't want you to so. know what time it is. There's not a lot of nine to fives. Yeah, they don't city. want you to know it's time to go home. <laughs> yeah, so that was a good game. Uh, Calgary over Colorado, 3-2. Uh, Riddich got the win for Calgary in net. Who? Exactly. Is it Riddich or Riddick? R-I-T-T-I-C-H. I think it's Riddich, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't to be know. honest, I've never heard that. I don't know who that is. I'm not very familiar with that person. And uh, Ber- Jonathan Bernier got the loss for Colorado. Uh, Backlund, Furland, and uh, Dougie Hamilton scored for Calgary. And Rantanen and Zadarov scored for Colorado. I don't know who that goalie is. Hmm. So... We better buckle down and get some more mm. research done here. So. Yeah, people call them stupid. San Jose, Winnipeg last night. Sharks win that one 4 nothing. They're home. They're home in San Jose. Steve Mason took the loss. Uh, Jones got the win. Are you surprised? No. Steve, Steve Mason got a loss? No. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be the, the answer that they were hoping for. Yeah. And so did everyone else. Logan Couture got two goals. He's got, got 13 now in the season. Another goal went to Heed and another one to Hurdle. And the last game uh, to talk about from last night, shootout. L.A. Kings and Jonathan Quick beat Anaheim and Ryan Miller 2-1. I wish I had been able to watch that game. It probably would have been pretty good. Yeah. I always loved the California matchup games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I did today, and I, I talked about this a little bit last season, earlier this year is a system that I have in my head to try to gauge in real time the team's performance measured against each other beyond just traditional points. Because this time of year, there are teams that have four and five days off, and other teams play games during that, like Chicago, for instance. They're going to play five five games games, between now and next Sunday. Uh, They're going to have a vastly different number of games than some of the other teams. Mm -hmm. So what I do... I have like a team plus minus. Okay. I take the number of games played, and then I compare that to the number of points earned. Oh, we did a video on this. We did. Like I think it's like the fifteenth video on the channel or yeah, something. Yeah, it was a like long that. time ago, so in, you you may not have seen it. It was in February, like <laughs> when the channel was just getting going. Yeah. So Tampa Bay has thirty-four points. They're plus eleven. So mm-hmm. like in twenty-three games, they've earned thirty-four points. Right. So Tampa Bay's plus eleven, and this is in the Atlantic. The next team is Toronto with plus six. Hmm. So that just shows you how far ahead Tampa Bay is of everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Detroit's next with plus one. Boston is plus three. Even though they have one fewer point than Detroit, they have some games at hand. Yeah, I think they've only played like 21 or 22 games. Yeah, so they're plus three. Ottawa's even. They've played 22 games and they have 22 points. Montreal is 21 points. Uh, they're minus three hmm. because they play 24 games now. Florida's a minus four. Buffalo's a minus eight. So it just gives you a snapshot. Totally. Like a percentage. It's like the more the accurate way to <coughs> determine standings. I yeah, guess. I think so. Of course, at the end of the year, everyone plays 82 games. Yeah, everyone's so the same. So then they'll all even out. But during the season, I like this. Yeah, and it's, it gets, when you hit the midpoint of the season, it's a great system to see yeah. where people are. Uh, in the Metropolitan, the Devils are plus nine in top uh, spot. Columbus is right behind them at plus eight. 
the Islanders are plus seven, Washington plus four, Pittsburgh plus two, the Rangers plus three. Well, that's, that's exactly how the standings are right now in the Metro. Yeah, I, I am doing so. them in order of the standings. Wait, that's your standings, though. Yeah. With the plus. But oh, yeah. that, that's how they're actually seated in the Metro right now. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that aligns perfectly. It does. It does. Uh, Carolina's plus one, and Philadelphia is minus one. That's how strong the Metro division is. Mm. They've got one team that's in the minuses, and it's only a minus one. Mm. So almost everybody there is playing 500 hockey or better. Exactly. Uh, in the uh, Central, do we call it? Yeah. What do you mean you don't... I don't know. They changed the you know it's a change in names. I'm, I'm used. To, where's the Adams division? Where's the Adams division? I want the Adams division back. <laughs> what were the other ones called? Uh, oh man, there was the Norris division. Yeah, and then there was what's? Oh man, there yeah. was one in the east that was. Oh, I don't even remember yeah. now. It was I, so long ago for me. I like the Adams division. I want it back. The central divisions have been in existence for like the past fifteen oh, years. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just think it's so unimaginative. And like we talked about this earlier, the Atlantic Division. Mm-hmm. Toronto's in the Atlantic Division. Detroit's, <laughs> Detroit's in the Atlantic, Atlantic Division. Division. Detroit is Buffalo. 1,300 miles from the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> That's yeah. just stupid. It is. It's silly. Anyway, there, rant off. Pacific, Arizona's in nowhere near the Pacific, kind of. Now, St. Louis is plus 11. So pretty impressive. That's same the same as, as Tampa. Same as Tampa. Yeah. And they have one more point, and they have uh, one more game played, I guess. St. Louis has more points than Tampa? Yep. They have 35. Tampa's got 34. Wow. Winnipeg is plus eight. Nashville's plus eight. And then Chicago's plus three, Dallas plus two, Minnesota plus two, and Colorado plus two. Hmm. Wow. Plus two. Strong division. A very strong division. Indeed. Uh, Then you go to the Pacific. Uh, Vegas, Golden Knights, plus nine at the top. Hmm. The Kings are plus five, Calgary plus four, San Jose plus four, Vancouver plus two, Anaheim plus one, Edmonton minus five, 18 points in 23 games, minus five, and Arizona minus 11. So um, Tampa Bay and St. Louis are as good as Arizona is bad. Yes. And Arizona's really bad. And Arizona's really bad. (laughs) Yeah, so I just thought that's an interesting no, stat. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not something you need to bring up, dredge up every week, but it's uh, every few weeks maybe or every yeah, month. Sure. Yeah, sure. Now we're at the quarter quarter season mark. Totally. So um, a few other tidbits before we get back to my final tidbits, and then uh, you have something you want to raise. Uh, TSN's website. Uh, Is crap. Beyond that, yeah, that, that's another topic, but... Yeah. Uh, I did find one golden nugget thing. Scott Cullen, he's the analytics guy in TSN. Okay. And he did an, an analysis of Montreal's problem. Now, forget last night's game, because mm-hmm. uh, it didn't happen last night. Montreal has a problem not only letting in goals, but letting in goals in bunches. Yeah, because uh, I think they had a couple games where they let in two goals under a minute or something like that. More than a couple. Uh, sorry, and I attributed this to Scott Cullen, and I shouldn't have. This is not TSN. That's another thing I'm going to talk okay. about. Sorry. This is Justin Bourne uh, from The Athletic. Okay. Part, my apologies to Justin Bourne. Guess what their record is in a season for a team that lets in two goals within a minute? What their record is? Yeah. W- what's the the uh, the worst performing team on that stat? 
in, in the history of the NHL? Probably Montreal. Well, what's the number? What do you mean? For a whole like, season. Okay, in a whole season, how many NHL teams, or not how many, but the team that had the most games where they let in two goals within a minute. So they had one goal, and then less than a minute later, they, they have another goal scored on them. How many, what team, or what, how many games? How many, how many games has that happened in to the worst team? Uh, six. The total is actually 14, and it's shared by the 2010-2011 Ottawa Senators, the 2014-15 Oilers, and the 2015-16 Columbus Blue Jackets, hmm. believe it or not. Interesting. 14 times uh, those teams let in two goals together within a minute during the season. Uh, and then you have Pittsburgh with 13 back in 2010-11, Calgary with 13, and so on and so forth. So these are season-long numbers. Yep. The worst is 14. Okay. So if you've let in 14 double goal games or double goal incidents right. in a year, you really suck. <laughs> yeah. Guess how many Montreal has already a quarter of the way into the season? Seven. Nine. Nine. <laughs> Nine. They're on pace to let in 36 double goals Wow. In a minute, if you think of that. 36 is almost half of the schedule. So Montreal has had it happen in eight different games, but it's happened nine times. Because in one game, I think it was the Toronto game, it happened twice in one game. That's crazy. It is crazy. And it's a very interesting report on the stats. And I won't get into it all. Mm -hmm. But the worst Montreal player for being on the ice when this happens, when you take the first goal and the second goal, add them together... Can I, can I guess? You can. Is it Jeff Petrie? No, it's not. Dang it. It's, he's way down the list. Dang it. Is it Charles Udall? He's up there. He's third. Placanic? No, it's not Placanic. No, it's not Placanic. I don't know. That's but, one thing. Placanic but, will not show up. Patch ready? Uh, he's up there. He's fourth. He's, well, he's tied with Udall at take, uh, nine. Ben. Really? Ben. 11. He's let, he's been on the ice for six of the, you know, of, this has happened nine times. He was on the, on the ice for six of those nine first goals, and he was on the ice for five of those nine second goals. Wow. If that makes any sense. And as we're talking about. That surprises numbers. me a little bit because uh, Ben is pretty solid. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't, no. Um, he, I think he's good with the puck. He's got, I think, one of the best plus minuses on the team. Um. That's a, yeah, that surprises me a yeah. little bit. Guess who's second, only one behind, with uh, being on the ice for four times for the first goal and six times for the second goal. It's going to be Shea Weber. It's not. He's down the list of ways. Hmm. It was Jonathan Drouet. Really? Um, I guess that kind of makes sense a little bit because he's probably pretty offensively risky. Maybe he gets caught can't get back in time or something like that. And but. he's playing in an unnatural position for him. He's playing center. Yep. And, you know, the center of the forward three, the center is the one with the most offensive responsibility. That's and right. he's, he's got that liability there. So I wouldn't have guessed that, but it, I guess when you see the stat, it makes sense. Mm. Hmm. I just thought that was interesting. And, and what, uh, what Justin Bourne did with this is he talked about how that deflation is happening after that first goal. Mm -hmm. It's that here we go again moment. And then they take their foot off the gas, and next thing you know, there's another goal in your net before they even get a chance to really gather themselves that's together. Usually, that's usually deflating. Like oh, To yeah. let in two goals in under a minute, that's, that's devastating. And it's happened nine times in, in 23 or 24 games already. How many times has it happened to Carey Price? I don't year? know. I, I didn't. I, it might be in the article, but I didn't. Uh, Did you put this in color? 
I did. Why? Because the printer that I used to print it is a color printer. Yeah, well, I know that. <laughs> but is it, I, did, did you use your personal printer to print that? I'd rather not answer that question. <laughs> That's where I was going with this. I wanted to know if you wasted your own ink or not. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> That's all I needed to know. But I wasted yours. My ink? Yeah. What do you mean? I don't have a printer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you do pay for ink indirectly. Oh, oh no. Uh, I assume my tax dollars went to go <laughs> pay for that ink. Yeah. And if I, the only reason I don't have a black and white printer attached to my computer at work is because it doesn't work very well. Like there, it's a printer that is a problem and it's a lot farther for me to get to it. Uh, you know, I've, I've made a lot of trips to the printer already at work mm. where I'm staring at it and nothing's coming out. Uh, um, so it's not hundred percent. The printer works fine. It's usually, you know, one more dialogue box I didn't click before I walked away from my cubicle. Right. So mm. anyway, now to the Scott Cullen article right, on TSN. TSN. Right. Um, now, we're not the only channel to talk about this. I know Shannon did it on the Hockey Guy channel a couple of days ago. And he did his NHL awards as they would be, in his view, today. You know, okay. On, and uh, when, he, when, that, when he released that video, I was already working on this based on Scott Collins' article in the TSN website. So Shannon has some great, great picks for wh who he would choose. Mm -hmm. And I recommend people have, go have a look at that. That's not a video I would do because I am so bad at predicting who wins awards. Yeah. I think I've got, I think I got one right last year. But it, it's not just who's going to win the award this year. It's if the season ended today. Right. Kind of like what you do with your playoff because prediction. Right? Some of them, some of the awards are subjective and some of them are just statistical. Just statistical. Exactly. So I'll quick, quickly go through what Scott Cullen thinks uh, is going to happen or would happen today if the right. season ended. Last year, the Hart Trophy went to Connor McDavid and that's the most valuable player to your team. Okay. And this year, uh, Scott Cullen thinks right now that would go to Nikita Kucherov, hmm. with uh, John Tavares and Jaden Schwartz in the in the in the running. Okay. Now some of these are polls. You know, they're like in this case, the hockey writers do a poll right. to pick that one. So he thinks that's who'd win the poll, I guess. So. The Calder Trophy, which is the Rookie of the Year, that's a writers' poll as well. Last year it was Austin Matthews. Right now, uh, Scott Cullen would pick. Who do you think? I would choose Brock Besser. And that's who he picked, Brock Besser. Based on the amount of games played for the points production. That's right, 21 points in 19 games yeah. on the ice. Uh, Keller and Barzal are the two that he would think are runners-up there. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the Vezina Trophy. Last year it was Bob. I would choose Bob again. Bob again. Uh, Corey Crawford and Jonathan Quick would be runners-up, but right now it would be Bob. Now there's another trophy for goaltending called the Jennings. The Jennings is a statistical trophy. It goes to the goalie or goalies who've played on the team at least 25 games that has the best goals against average in the season. Ooh. Ooh. Best last, goals last year it was Holtby. Average. Wow. Probably Bobrovsky again. It's not Bob. And it's one that shocked the crap out of me. Um, because they're not that high in the standings right now. I don't know. San Jose. Jones? Yeah. Huh. And Aaron Dell. Right now, Aaron Dell has played, uh, I think he's played eight games. So he's on pace to play 29. So he'd be on the trophy, uh, too. I mean, I guess it makes sense. San Jose's goals against, I think, maybe is the best in the league or it is. is near there. 2.23. They block a ton of shots. So 
Yeah. It doesn't surprise me a lot, I guess. Yeah, so 2.23 is the best in the league right now. Their problem is they can't get pucks in the net at the other end. Mm. Toronto's, up, in, up until recently. Up until recently. And Toronto's problem was always the opposite. Yeah. You know, they, they can <laughs> fill the net at the other end, but they're letting in a bunch on their own end. Exactly. So, yeah, San Jose would do that. Uh, you need 25 games to be on the trophy. So right now, um, Jones is almost there. He's played 17 already. He's going to yeah. play 25 this year. And he's on pace to play 63 games. And Dell is on pace to play 29. So... There you go. I, I was uh, surprised. I thought that was an interesting stat. Mm. The Norris Trophy, best defenseman. Uh, last year it was Burns. Mm. This one's tough because... So many good ones. There's so many choices. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Will Butcher, but Klingberg's really had a great year so far. And you mentioned him earlier. And I, when you did, I looked at this list to see if he was on this list, and he's not. Because there's so many to pick from. There's no yeah. right or wrong answer, as you often say. Uh, Roman Yossi is who uh, Scott Collin would pick. Oh, that's not a bad choice. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. And he has Eric Carlson and Jared Spurgeon in the running I as wouldn't well. pick Eric Carlson. I wouldn't right now. Not even close. No. He's but great, but... Pfft. Yeah. Now, some of these are statistical. The Art Ross would be... That's the most points. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Last year it was McDavid. Uh, Stamkos is, I Stamkos, think. Stamkos, 36 yeah. points. Yep, he'd, he'd get the Art Ross. And the Morris Richard is the most goals. Vetchkin. I already talked right about now, him. Yeah. Ovechkin. Sydney won it last year. The Selkie Trophy for the best defensive forward. It's a trophy that's basically owned by Patrice Bergeron mm. over the last many years. I don't think I could give it to him so far this year. Okay. I don't know. That being said, I don't know who I would give that right. trophy to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, Scott Cullen saying he'd go with Bergeron again so far, based on performance. And in the running, though, would be Alex Barkov in Florida and Michael Backlund in Calgary. Barkov is an extremely, extremely well uh, defensive forward. That's mm. improper English, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he's uh, good. He's very good. <laughs> <laughs> he just darn good. Very good defensively. The Lady Bing. Uh, it's not really the lowest penalty minutes, but it's the most sportsmanlike player. And it takes a whole season to develop that. Mm. You know who it won't go to. You can have a long list of who it won't go to. Kadri. Yeah. <laughs> Last year it went to uh, Johnny Gaudreau. And I don't know where the penalty minutes are standing right now. And it's not just that metric anyway. So right. it's kind of a hard one to pick. But uh, he didn't even include that in his list, actually. Oh, I, really? I pulled that out myself. Scott didn't make a, a guess on okay. that one. The Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year. What would you do there? Travis Green. Travis Green's in the conversation. I totally get yeah. Travis Green, uh, definitely our boy. Gerard um, Gallant. Gallant. In, in Las Vegas. Yep. And he had both of those mentioned, but that's not who he chose so far. Okay. Who did he choose? Mm, New Jersey dude? Nope. I forget his name. Um, um, DeBoer? Is that? No, he's not New Jersey. No. It? No, no. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Keep going. Uh, he, he chose Mike Yeo in St. Louis. Hmm. And he did, and he explained why. Okay, I'm, said, I'm curious to know the expl explanation. Yeah. He said that St. Louis came out of training camp with a lot of injuries. And he, and, you know, this is Scott Cullen, and he's probably one of the voters for this when the time comes, but mm -hmm. right now, just on his own. He thinks that Mike Yeo did the best job of any coach handling that injury issue and keeping his team on the rails until some of those players got healthy. That's not untrue. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that, that was his. I'm not a big fan of Mike Yeo. I just, I don't like his in-your-face yelling style. Mm. I just, I don't like to see that. So uh, 
I, I'm not upset that he's the coach of the St. Louis Blues, and I like the St. Louis Blues. Um, but if he got fired, I wouldn't be upset. Okay. All right. Uh, and the King Clancy Award goes for leadership. And r- last year it was uh, Foligno, uh, won it in Columbus. Hmm. I don't know who that would go to. And, and, and Scott didn't sure. raise that one either. It's just another trophy that we'll be uh, talking about probably in June when right. we have the banquet. So, yeah. So some real quickies. Are you getting tired of me now? I'm or? good. No, oh, okay. keep going. No, let's um, keep her going. In The Athletic, a Montreal sports writer named Arpon Basu. That's an intense name. It's it's an awesome name. Mm. He did a very in-depth interview with P.K. Subban. Talked about race. Talked about his development. Mm-hmm. Talked about the things that he's doing in Nashville. And, and, and his views on how he's been treated since he got there, which are all positive, by the way. Yep. Uh, P.K. Subban doesn't talk about that much. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Because he doesn't see himself, you know, as a particular race. He just, he wants to be the best hockey player in the world. Yeah. Not the best black hockey player in exactly. the world or whatever. Yeah. So it's a little hard to drag that out of him. But Basu had a really good sit down. And if you're a member of the, of the Athletic, if you're a subscriber, I highly recommend that article. It's a really good insight into P.K. Subban himself and, and how he feels about, you know, the national anthem business mm-hmm. and, and how he handled all of that. Uh, just an amazing thing. And I, I'm a big fan of P.K. Subban. Right. So I was right into that whole article. Something I found out there that I didn't know, he has a a thing called the Blue Line Brigade or something like that, where he will buy four tickets for every home game, and he will distribute the tickets as follows. One goes to a law enforcement person and their guest, and the other goes to a community leader, and their guest has to be an underprivileged child or or young person. What What do you mean by community leader? Well, uh, someone who maybe runs a youth shelter or okay. something okay. like that. A community leader, I not I the meant mayor. Like a politician. No, God, no. no not the mayor. <laughs> right. Uh, That's no, cool. It, it, yeah, someone who's doing, you know, uh, social work in the community. Mm. So I, I should have made that a little more clear. That's awesome. And I think they all have to sit together. Ah. So the police officer sits with and spends the night with someone who's probably not got a favorable view of police up to that point in their life. You don't say it's a 15-year-old troubled youth. That's really interesting. That is so cool. And and he makes it happen that way. You know, I want to put a cop in touch with that young kid to see the kid. And I want to, I want the kid to see the cop. And I want two other people there to help enjoy That's this That's really experience. creative. That's awesome. And special, yeah. That was my best takeaway from that article. It was really good. That's awesome. So I highly recommend it. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, I think it's like 50 bucks a year. And it's worth it to, to subscribe. Yeah, there's some great articles in there. I really like it, yeah. Um, and uh, Barzal, I had that written down here in case you forgot to mention it, that your big prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, leaders right now, Stamkos, 36 points, Kucherov and Goudreau are next. Ovechkin with goals, we know that. Um, and I, we talked about who's doing well in the plus minus. Sergei Bobrovsky's personal goals against average is 1.91. Mm-hmm. His save percentage is 936. And he's got 14 wins already. But that's not the most wins in the league. It's not the most wins. Who would have the most wins? And that's where I close. Uh, Anderson? No. It's one more with 15. And I wouldn't, wouldn't have guessed it in a million years. Hmm. What goalies played a lot of games without a backup? Uh, Vasilevsky? You got it. Well done. I'm angry now. <laughs> Are no, you? I'm not. I think you. I think you. You watch hockey a lot more than I do. So uh, since I guess, does that mean that I get fries? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have one more thing to talk about. It's not hockey related. It is morbid, 
and it's about a dream I had last night. Oh dear. So if you're if you don't want to talk about anything morbid, then just or if you don't want to listen to anything morbid, then don't listen. But the following segment may be sensitive to some viewers. Yes, uh, I watched a very very interesting show last night called Jim and Andy. It's a documentary about Jim Carrey when he played Andy. Oh yeah, Andy uh, Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Sure. Yeah. And in the documentary, and you have to watch it. He has footage. They did a they did a, a documentary of Jim Carrey behind the scenes on while filming that movie and stuff. And that footage has been sitting at Jim Carrey's office for like thirty or twenty years or whatever. And they just released it now. And it shows how Jim Carrey played a- Andy Kaufman's characters like like he was them. He stayed in those characters off of the screen. Like he was Lotka from Taxi or whatever all the time. Yes, or? and he would just, like, he would be those people for for days. And he would act like those people and be rude to, to certain people. And it was so interesting. Really? It was it's one of the best documentaries I've ever watched in my life. So I highly recommend you guys watch that. And you get to see Jim Carrey now. He's a totally different person. He's very... I, I guess I would use the word secluded. Yeah, he's got a big beard. and He's got an uh, art studio and he just paints. He just does what he wants because yeah. that's what he can do. So obviously that's not the morbid part of the story. No. I, after that, I, wa- I had a dream. So after I watched that, I went to sleep. I had a dream that Jim Carrey committed suicide on a boat. And it was like soon. It was like in the next year or something like that because I remember – I remember hearing uh, the news about it in the, like, in the dream. I heard it on the news, and it was not long after I watched this documentary. And it was one of the most vivid dreams. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's a premonition it's going to happen. I'm just saying it was one of, one of the most vivid dreams wow. I've ever had. It was very strange. That is odd. Yeah. I can't top that. Because well, you have a dream, too. I have a dream, too, but I can't top that. All right, let's hear it. In my dream, uh, one of the things I do in my, in my new job that I started in August is I'm a team leader and I have a staff of around eight or nine people who depend on me for things. Yeah. Approving their vacations, if they need a new monitor for their computer, if they want a chair or whatever, and plus the actual workflow. Right. You know, make sure they have enough work to do. And in my dream, I had a special request from one of my employees, I don't know which one, uh, for a certain item that I had to provide for them. And I had to requisition this item and get it delivered in the office. Is this to help them work better or just... Apparently. To, okay. What is it? An ironing board. An ironing board. <laughs> That's where my brain goes at night. Wow. So where did you get it? I don't know. I, I must have called up, you know, to the administration office up in the second floor and said, I need an ironing board in <laughs> cubicle 403 or what? I don't know. Weird. Very strange. And it was vivid and it made perfect sense in the dream. Like, you know, those things make perfect sense when they're happening. Yeah, in the dream. exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh... I guess we'll leave it there at the ironing board. I think it's a good place to leave it. Yeah. Thank you guys very much for watching on YouTube. We really appreciate it. If you can hit the subscribe button, if you're not already subscribed, that's awesome. If you liked the video, hit the like button. If you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, leave a positive review. If you liked it, if you made it this far, I'm going to assume that you liked it. So leave a positive review. Let's hope. Uh, if you're listening on Google play, thanks for, thanks for listening on there as well. Uh, we appreciate everyone uh, spending all of their time listening and, and or watching all of our videos or this podcast. Uh, it really means a lot. So thank you very much. And uh, we will see you in the next podcast next Sunday. Adios.